And I think really accepting the fact that, one, there is no right way to be a woman. And also rejecting what society had told me personally, maybe your story's been different, but what society had told me personally about what a good woman looks like and be successful, but not too successful and be smart, but not so smart that someone feels that a man feels intimidated by you. And that was such a powerful shift for me to hear that the same fear that I'd been holding onto was reciprocated on my husband's end on the other way. From CEO school, it's wind down Wednesday. Pour yourself a drink and join us for CEO happy hour as we share the messy behind the scenes, straight talk and real world advice to help you level up in leadership and life. Cheers. This episode is sponsored by The Club, a quarterly box and digital monthly community to help you level up in leadership and life. Learn more today at join.theceoschool.co slash the club. In March of 2019, I woke up in the middle of the night and my heart was pounding and my palms were sweating, and my chest was tight, and I couldn't breathe. And I'd never had a panic attack before, but I started to register that my body was having a physical reaction to the changes that were happening in my business. And I tell you this because on this podcast, we spend a lot of time talking about strategies and practical, tactical things to get to the 2% club, right? We believe more women should make at least a million dollars in revenue in their business. And there's legit things that you need to do to get there. Profit, KPIs, there are business skills you need to develop. But for me personally, the biggest blocker that I had joining the 2% club had nothing to do with what was happening on paper and everything to do with the limiting beliefs that I had adopted from a very young age. So 2 a.m. on a Wednesday evening, I shook my husband awake and I said, we have to talk. I'm freaking out. I'm not okay. Um, And the reason for that was I was about to hit my very first seven-figure run rate in the business. So I was actually about to hit my first six-figure month, $100,000. And previously, the most I'd done was probably $35,000. So it was a really big jump happening right away. And I had so many fears coming up. And I remember shaking him awake and telling him, I'm terrified if I make more money than you, that you're going to leave me. And this was a really pivotal moment in our relationship because I remember what he said back to me for months. I'd been holding on and had been boiling up and building inside of me that if I was more successful than my husband, who I was always allowed to be successful, he was going to be a doctor as long as I was just you know, equally or just less successful. But the minute I was about to surpass him, I just had all this fear boiling up inside of me. And I call them fake fears because there was nothing that had told me that this was going to happen. But I believed in my heart that if I out earned him, he would get a divorce. He would leave me. And I'll never forget what happened next because my sweet husband, who had just shaken awake in the middle of the night, turned to me and he said, I'm afraid if you out earn me, you won't need me. 
And in that moment, we both realized we had adopted some really messed up beliefs about what a partnership was, about what a relationship was, and what each of our roles was. And so today I want to talk about really the core limiting beliefs in regards to gender roles that I had adopted as, um, you know, as a young adult and as an adult that kept me from get reaching the seven figure mark and the mindset shifts I had to make to really be able to step into my role as a CEO, as a leader, as a super successful woman who does not need to apologize for being successful. And so I want to talk through those, what those were with you. So one of the, the first big thing we had adopted this belief that a man was supposed to support me and a woman, my role was in the home and it was okay that I was supporting and helping out. But I realized like, where did this belief come from? And I realized all of the shows I watched growing up, a good mother, a good wife, she looked a certain way. And the movies and the TV shows that I saw portraying successful women Tell me you guys haven't seen this movie. The storyline is that she's so successful, she tramples all over everybody to get what she wants, and her relationship falls apart because of it, and she's selfish. And I realized that this actually wasn't true. I wasn't spending every hour of the day building my business. I had a phenomenal lifestyle. I was able to be full-time present for my kids, to you know, be a good support network to my husband, but I'd internalized these fears that that's how other people would perceive me. And I think really accepting the fact that, one, there is no right way to be a woman, and also rejecting what society had told me personally, maybe your story has been different, but what society had told me personally about what a good woman looked like and be successful, but not too successful and be smart, but not so smart that someone feels that a man feels intimidated by you. And that was such a powerful shift for me to hear that the same fear that I'd been holding onto was reciprocated on my husband's end on the other way. He was afraid that he I wouldn't need financial support, so I wouldn't have a husband. And we both really laugh about it now because what a silly reason to get married. Um, but the reality is for a lot of women, financial security is why they're in a relationship. And it's part of the reason I'm so passionate about creating your own financial independence as a woman because you can make decisions out of love and what's best for you instead of staying in an abusive relationship or a marriage you're unhappy in because you don't have the finances to get out of it. So that was the first really big limiting belief I had to reject that my role and that being a successful woman wasn't didn't make me a bad selfish person. The stories I'd been to told on TV and on screen were not true. And also, when we talk about other women and other successful women, and this is something, I don't know if you guys follow Jamil uh, Jamil on Instagram, but she talked about how the media really pits women against each other and makes us feel these angry feelings against successful women because we're just tearing them down. And she's a really interesting story highlight about it. I will link it for you. But I realized that when I saw successful women, was I making those same assumptions? Oh, she's an FBI agent. I had a really cool friend in DC who was an FBI agent and a lawyer. So she's obviously not a good mom. Am I telling those same stories in my head and really separating, well, is that true? Is she actually missing the events? Is she actually, you know, not spending time with her kids? The answer is no, absolutely not. So that was one of the big limiting beliefs that I had to get past. The next is that 
And this is something that I still face to this day. In fact, I've told this story before. When we signed the paperwork to buy our first home, I was so proud. This was my first purchase, I my first home buying experience. My husband was still in school. So this really was this I made the money, this deposit, I qualified, like I did this. And it was such a proud moment for me because as someone who had always expected to depend on a man, I really felt so powerful being able to give this gift to our family. And we're sitting around this Oak conference table and every single man in the room is there because of the check that I'm about to write, right? The attorney, the realtor, the agent, they're all getting a percentage of the check that I'm personally about to sign. And yet there was this moment where one of the men in the room said something to the effect of your poor husband, you know, he's probably getting abused at home. And everybody kind of just laughed and shucked it off. And my husband didn't really say anything. And we just kind of moved on. But in that moment, I felt so much shame and embarrassment. And what I was being told was that just by being successful, I was emasculating my husband. And I remember after that moment, talking to my husband at night and just saying, why didn't you stand up for me? Why didn't you say something? And he was very, you know, I don't think it, it's just happened so often. I just kind of didn't want to be confrontational and I didn't know how to deal with it. And so I just ignored it, which was all valid. And we've talked since um, about how important it is to stand up for each other and for people that, you know, if we're in a room with someone that doesn't have the same privilege that we do in that room, I was the one that didn't have male privilege. And it's important to be the white male that stands up for me. And that's, you know, a core family value that we've really adopted. And that was one of the big triggers. You know, we talk to our kids about standing up against racial injustice. I know we have a long way to go, but we are always going to have white privilege in every room we walk into. And so it's our responsibility to really stand up for somebody else. So I'm sitting there, why didn't you stand up for me? Why wouldn't you say something? Of course, that's not how it is. And he said, you know, I just, it's obviously so wrong that I didn't even like want to acknowledge it. And it's really interesting because the world is kind of telling me that I'm doing something wrong by being successful. And yet, because I've been able to make really good money in my career while my husband's been in school, he's going to graduate without the need to pay off crushing debt. He's going to be able to make decisions to work in jobs that he might not be able to do. You know, most doctors come out with between 200 and 500 thousand dollars worth of debt, it is really hard to owe half a million dollars in debt and choose to go work in low-income clinics where you don't really get paid. You know, he's graduating with all these options, these beautiful options. He gets to literally save lives and work in underserved communities and do this phenomenal things because of my my gifts, my divine gifts. And when we realize that, that, you know, just because I'm shining my light and doing what I'm doing really well, it doesn't take away from his. And if anything, it's actually allowing him to make decisions from a more pace of independence. You know, where we expect it to be right now, when we first got married, we really, you know, I've talked about this before, but we were both raised Mormon. The expectation was that he would go to school, we'd live off loans, I'd stay home, have a bunch of babies, never work a day in my life. That was the expectation for our family life. And if that's where we were right now, he's about to finish, got another year to go, he would have four people to take care of when he finishes and 
a massive debt burden to pay off. And so realizing that, hey, it doesn't actually matter what anybody else in this room is saying. Also, I'm paying for all of you to be here, right? My having value doesn't take away from somebody else's worth. And if you're in a room with people that believe that because you have worth, it's taking away from theirs, you're in the wrong room. I should have fired all of those fools on the spot, found new people to take care of my house closing for me, right? And so appreciating that you having worth doesn't take away from someone else's. You being successful doesn't demasculate any man around you. And I really feel like these are such important lessons that I wish I'd appreciated sooner. And then the last limiting belief that I really had to get past, and I still work towards on a daily basis, is the more successful I am, the worse mother I am. Again, we've seen the TV shows. I still cringe when I see these where there's this depiction of the powerful lawyer mom. Or here's another example. I was talking with a friend the other day and we were, you know, sharing a glass of wine and our, my son, son, um, my kids were playing, um, with kids that she was related to and be vague here. And she said, Oh, you know, their mom is running for district attorney. And I'm thinking, wow, cool. Like in another life, I would love to be a lawyer and a district attorney. That's phenomenal. She's, you know, giving back to the community, doing such important work. And she says to me, yeah, I just think she likes her job more than she likes her kid. And those are the kinds of comments that create these stereotypes that why can't we love our jobs and love our kids? There's absolutely no reason. It has to be an either or. I've never seen a man, you know, on a political campaign or working a really incredible job and people say, oh, well, he must not love his kids. If anything, he's praised for that. He is praised for providing for his family and giving them all the best opportunities. And so if we, and I want you to really catch yourself, like a lot of times, so, so much of this is so internalized, but this was another woman that said this to me. That's internalized misogyny. That's internalized patriarchy. That is, you know, this was another woman who'd worked her entire life too, raised incredible children. And I'm sure if she realized in that moment that actually, wait a minute, why am I saying that? Because we are creating the culture that our children are going to grow up in. This is something Evan and I talk about a lot. If you are a woman in today's society, it is so important for you to set a standard that we can be phenomenal moms and have really successful businesses. And it's okay if we out earn our husbands. I saw an article, I think it was a CNN article that millennial women are afraid to out earn their husbands. And someone responded to the tweet and said like, no, no, the F we're not. And I feel like we have to reclaim that power. And so I really challenge you to do some journaling around what's keeping you from hitting that next level. Because as much as on paper, I would have told you that, oh, I just didn't have enough leads. I didn't have enough sales. At the end of the day, I knew the reason that I wasn't getting to the next level because I was afraid of how my husband was going to feel if I was more successful. I was afraid of what other people were going to say about me or how I was going to be perceived as a woman and a mother because of my success. And if you feel that way today, I want to tell you, your worth does not devalue someone else's. Your success is not a trade-off. You can be an incredible mother, phenomenal wife, partner, spouse, and, 
and an incredible businesswoman. There is absolutely nothing standing in your way. We are not going to change the culture of our society overnight. Maybe you feel this deeply. Maybe this is something that doesn't really resonate with you. But what we can do is we can set the example for young girls. We can write the movies with the incredibly successful females who are also present in their lives. We can change the script. And it starts with changing the script in your own head. You do not have to believe and accept the beliefs that you've been told to believe that you've grown up with. And I really challenge you to take some time, look inward, and ask yourself, am I holding myself back because I'm afraid of how I'm going to be perceived? Am I playing small? because I'm afraid of playing big and being told I'm doing too much. You have everything you need to be successful. You are not an either or, you can do both. Not only can you do both, we need you to do both, to set an example and show other women what's possible. Something I wish so deeply growing up is that I'd had an example of a successful woman in my life that had deep, beautiful relationship she loved, a successful job. This is a, the greatest gift that you can give to another woman is to show her that actually, yes, she can. So that is my challenge for you today to journal around those limiting beliefs and to really encourage you that there is a place for you here. Your success does not take away from anybody else's and we're just forever cheering you on. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed the show. Follow us at CEO School on Instagram for show notes, inspiration, and exclusive behind the scenes that you won't find anywhere else. We also have an absolutely incredible resource for you. It's the seven lessons we learned building million dollar businesses. These are complete game changers and we want to give it to you absolutely free. All you have to do is leave a review of the podcast, why you love the show, screenshot the review, and email it to hello at ceoschoolpodcast.com and we'll send it your way.